Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to Peeling Back the Fourth Wall. I want to wish everybody a Happy New Year's, because uh, this is the first time we've been on uh, since New Year's, so thanks everybody for tuning in. Hope you had a great uh, New Year's. Um, Aurora and I, uh, actually we, we were given a gift to go to New York for the day uh, and go see uh, Aladdin on Broadway, so it was really awesome uh, experience there. Not on New Year's Day, obviously, that would have been a nightmare, ugh. But, um, yeah, just a couple days ago, uh, we were, we were in New York watching Aladdin on Broadway. Uh, first time we'd seen that show, thought it was, we thought it was pretty good. Um, there's definitely some critiques and things that we had for it. Um, I, I like the Lion King a lot better on Broadway in my, uh, my experience, but, uh, that was just kind of my thoughts. So I, I really enjoyed the Lion King better. Um, I don't really have to go watch Aladdin again on Broadway. It was, it wasn't good enough to warrant me going again, but it was, it was a good show overall. I mean, obviously Broadway's does great with everything they do. So, um, pretty good there, but, um, again, happy new year's to everybody. Um, Aurora and I are excited to, uh, just give you some updates on a few things, uh, a couple things here. And then, uh, we're going to talk about film franchises, um, and kind of where they went wrong. Okay. Um, obviously the MCU's done a great job with their film franchise, building out their Marvel Cinematic Universe. And why is it that they've done such a great job when others have failed? Well, we're going to highlight a few of those things. Um, and it's a lot simpler than you would imagine. Uh, a lot of people want to get detailed into this and, you know, express, oh, well, all these different things and all these intricacies was, it, it's not that intricate. It's really more basic when you get down to it. Um, Things that we've talked about, you know, say, you know, if it's political stances in movies, if it's, um, you know, certain characters that they're forcing into certain types of roles or, or whatever, like those things are a little more detailed. And honestly, it really comes down to more of the surface when you look at it as to what actually is the reason that some of these did not succeed and why they're falling flat and why they have fallen flat over time. Um in comparison to something like the MCU, so we're going to highlight a little bit of that, and hopefully we can get some, hopefully we can get some franchises soon that understand how to take a franchise, how to nurture it and foster it. It's like a newborn child, and that's what we want to really talk about here. You know, the whole thing with New Year's, there's a whole movie with Baby New Year's, right? And it's a claymation with Rudolph, and and he's helping Baby New Year and everything. Um, and so we kind of want we were kind of inspired by that, wanting to talk about these new film franchises and and how film franchises are born, how they need to be created, how they need to be nurtured, because it's really like a child. If you're not nurturing it in the proper ways, it's gonna be a spoiled brat, and no one's gonna want anything to do with it. And that's that's kind of what happened to a lot of these uh, over time. Now some are more successful than others, you know, but good amount of these are are failures in a way and there's different trends that we'll see as well uh as we go through it that we'll tell you guys too just to look for but first off we'll talk about a little bit of news as you guys know there's a whole thing with scarlett johansson um and the uh disney um lawsuit that's been filed against them when it comes to the black widow movie now this whole basis is there's not a there's not a contractual legal obligation that makes sense for Scarlett Johansson to sue here there's really not in the contract in the wording of her contract because I've I had I have seen 
what is written in the documents that she is suing based on, and she doesn't have a case when it comes to a legal business standpoint. Now, if the courts decided to waive in favor of her, then it's something outside the contracts that they're they're you know saying was implied by the contracts. Um, and and Disney did something like morally wrong to lower the amount of money that she made. Uh, and I and I don't know. I think a lot of that is like opinion and what you kind of jump to um, in thinking about how people argue it, right? That's why that's why people have big lawyers. That's why they're good at arguing, right? They make these cases for things, and you can definitely make the case for that. But in looking at the contract, there's not a case for that to be made. Uh, she was paid properly based on how profits went. Now the way it was worded is she gets paid based on box office, you know, box office numbers. It's a big portion of what she got bonused or how she got paid uh, the pay structure for that film. So when they released it on Disney Plus, she didn't get a cut of that, and it really declined the amount of revenue overall that came in for the film in the box office. Which 100% that makes sense, and you know Disney should have done a better job of compensating her properly, but they didn't have to, uh, based on the contract, based on the legal terms, they didn't have to do that. So. What happened is, you know, they released it at the same time as they did in theaters, and it's actually quite alarming because uh, there, there's been some uh, research done, some projections done, and uh, Disney actually hurt their pockets a lot more than this lawsuit's going to hurt them uh, from Scott Johansson because the projection is that they have lost $600 million by deciding to uh, put this movie out on their streaming service, Disney Plus, the same time that they put this movie out in theaters. And the reason that this is coming out is because it was due to piracy. Um, for those of you who don't know about piracy, you know, I'm not talking about Jack Sparrow and Johnny Depp, you know, and Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm talking about pirating movies. I'm talking about taking a movie and making a copy, filming it in theaters, and releasing that on YouTube or sending it to friends, um, finding a way to digitally download something illegally, which people can do. There are very good, smart, savvy, smart tech people out there that can take these things from streaming platforms and find a way to get it um, and send it out to people. And there are people out there who will take advantage of that. There are people out there that don't make the income or they're I won't say they make don't make the income because a movie ticket is not that expensive, guys. So there are people out there who will who would rather spend their money on, you know, say drugs or alcohol or cigarettes or whatever. That's just the negatives. But there are luxuries that people will spend their money on as well. Um, positive luxuries people will spend their money on as well. And those people who are spending their their income on that may not want to spend their money. On going to the movies when they can, you know, go buy extra alcohol or things like that. I mean, even college students who are on a budget. These are the these are the people that are pirating movies or who are taking advantage of pirated movies uh, a lot more frequently. Is the college age to you know young young um, adult age crowd and those people they will totally watch. They'll totally watch it. It won't be as good quality. It'll be a knockoff in a way, for the most part. There are some that are really good that can actually just get straight the data and and you know send it like it's you're actually watching on Disney Plus. But um, for the most part, 
Um, it is lower quality, and people are willing to do that because all they want to know is what happened. What's the story? What's the plot? They don't care to see the luxury of it being super high quality, high def, blah, 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 right? And that's the problem that we're having here. Um, when they decided to go to the streaming service, apparently the projections are saying that they, Disney, lost out on up to $600 million of potential box office revenue from that movie because of people who pirated it. Now, pirating is somewhat difficult to do in theaters because people are watching you um you know if you guys have seen the jerry seinfeld episode where kramer is a movie pirater and then jerry gets wrangled into being a movie pirater um they're you know going to theaters and they're videotaping movies right and they're just selling it as pirated films for cheap so it's it's um it's funny it's interesting because in the theaters it is a bit more difficult and it's been policed to an extent the challenge with doing this and, and the challenge with going digital, going straight to streaming platforms, and the smaller streaming window that people have now, like 45 days instead of like 90 or whatever, that window is going to showcase how much people are willing to pirate movies, especially in light of COVID and things like that. How many people are willing to not go to the movies and get an illegally downloaded or an illegally pirated version of a film for cheaper um, in today's world, and that's going to be really, really tough um, on these film franchises. It's going to be really tough on any of these studios trying to make their films. So I think this is something that's going to make people really think about it. Like, wow, should we really do this? I know it makes sense to put it on a streaming platform, and yeah, maybe maybe that makes sense for our fans and our movies to get the most you know eyeballs on it and all that. But if we're pirating, if we're getting over fifty percent of our revenue pirated away that's not good right so essentially um essentially there's other ways that this looks like a bad decision by disney um they were one of the first ones to jump to this and and have a film go straight to a streaming platform um and it was on the same day it was in theaters so give them credit they still had it in theaters but it it, it definitely looks like more of a negative than it's going to become a positive um so yeah, that that's that's the thing. That's a big piece of news out there is that they could they potentially lost six hundred million dollars of revenue from Black Widow because they didn't do that. Okay, now um, we spent a lot of time on that. We're going to move forward to um, another bit of news. J.K. Rowling says that she declined to offer the the offer to go to the Harry Potter reunion. If you guys have not seen it yet, the Harry Potter reunion um, was at, is out there and and you can watch it. Um, I, I my thing is I don't understand why it matters like I don't, I don't understand why we're reporting about this like why is this even a news article of JK Rowling declined the offer to go does it really matter because it was either her declining or Daniel Radcliffe declining and you can't have Daniel Radcliffe declining declining because he's freaking Harry Potter so that's the thing he said he won't do anything with her anymore he won't do anything if she's involved so her declining was probably I don't want to be around those haters of me anyway um, they're a bunch of jerks and they're ungrateful for, you know, this opportunity that I created, um, this franchise I created from my mind that has given them their star power and a lot of money and blah, blah, blah. So I don't want to be around them anyway. So that's probably why she declined. Even if she didn't, Daniel Radcliffe would have declined or there would have been some heat, uh, or, or, and drama there at the reunion and nobody wants that anyway. So I don't understand why this is a, 
a really big deal one way or the other one of them was going to bow out at least based on what Radcliffe has said um publicly so that's just something that was out there wanted to mention it to you guys now next is um we're going to get into the big topic today, which is film franchises, mistakes and pa- with patience and continuity. Uh, the MCU did it beautifully, guys. I'm not going to say perfectly because hardly anything is perfect. But the MCU did a great job when they started out with Iron Man. You know, then they, they did the Captain America. Then they, then they added in the Hulk. Then they had Thor and they had all this stuff, right? So they did a great job of patience with their vision. They did a great job of... Um, patience with the continuity and making sure everything worked that is why it's done so well honestly yes there's other things we can look at yes there's plenty of things like actors and casts and you know and and technology and the visuals and all that yes obviously they're great movies and not just because of those reasons but the big reasons why the mcu has been successful that is it patience and continuity and we're going to give you the examples as to why that is not the case for other franchises and why that is what the MCU has done well. And mainly, we're talking about franchises that are coming from other sources of content. They have plenty of other content because most of the time when a movie franchise, a film franchise, okay, take The Matrix, um, take The Mummy franchise, take... Um, you know, the Jurassic, well, no, Jurassic World was, was based on a book. But anyway, take take the Mummy franchise, take the um, Matrix franchise, like the Terminator franchise. Like those those are franchises that were made, they were written, the continuity, the, the core content of it was built for movies, right? And those franchises did very well with their continuity. They did very well with their pace. And that was because they came from other pieces of content so there's so much content that they could go along the story they could not rush it right the maze runner was done really really well and that was one that's based off a book series as well so when you have successful franchises they're mainly from other other sources okay so like the terminator movie uh like that's what i'm saying sorry i reversed some of this i didn't mention um my mind jumped there. So play things like the Terminator franchise, things like the Matrix franchise, like they were made for films. So as they're making the films, they're thinking through the story. They're thinking about what continuity goes into it. It's all coming together at the same time. And that's why it plays out well. The issue that you get is with these film franchises that are based on other sources of content, film directors, film producers, studios, they want to rush and do what they do with their other franchises. So in the Terminator, what happened? Okay, well, in the first film, it looked like that was going to be the only one ever done. And then they spun off a sequel, and it was great. And then another, and another, and another, right? And then what did they do with um, the term, the Matrix? The first one? Okay, well, that that's probably it. That's the end of it. No, they did a second, and then they did a third, and it was a great, successful franchise. So they're used to, they're used to, okay, boom, we get to the big plot. We get to the big bad. We get to the, the end. And then, well, we'll come up with something else. No, 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 no. You can't do that. You can't do that with something that was created in comic books or regular books, something that has so much content. You can't jump to the big bad. You can't jump ahead to the big baddie, to the big story plot, because now you're left with crap. And everybody's going to be like, oh, well, that was, that was the biggest story arc 
of that entire franchise. So why do I care about the next few films? Because the bad guy is not going to be as intimidating or, you know, it's not going to be as dramatic or suspenseful because we just got through the biggest thing. And that that is what happens with a lot of these franchises, and you'll see that. But the MCU, they built up from some smaller level villains. They built up from villains that people knew, but they weren't the, the biggest ones. They also built up from heroes that weren't the biggest ones. Iron Man wasn't that well-liked. Uh, I mean, he wasn't as popular before Robert Downey Jr. put the mantle on of Iron Man and Tony Stark in the film franchise. He made it what it is now. And so Iron Man is now a super popular character. He was not like that before those films. He wasn't. So they took some smaller level characters. They built up this big plot. And then they built it up with smaller villains. And then led to one of the big villains. Not the biggest. One of the biggest. And now it leaves Marvel fans with, hey, who are the big bads worse than Thanos? And there's plenty. So they have a lot to still go to, and it all plays out where you are excited for what's coming next, who's coming next, what's the next villain. You are excited because you didn't just do the biggest, baddest one first, right? And and you look at it, and they're doing that in certain ways. You know, they may bring out the biggest villain, like, hey, Venom's biggest villain is Carnage. Well, they already did Venom too, and that had Carnage in it. So yes, they did the biggest villain for, for Venom in the second movie. But there's so many things they've opened Venom up to by making him a part of the MCU. So that doesn't matter. Who cares? Now, what's going to happen when Venom gets to be a part of Spider-Man a lot more? What's going to happen when Venom goes up against some of these other villains from that? There's so many interwebbed story arcs now that makes it very interesting. So they've done a great job with that. Even though they went straight to the biggest villain in the second movie. But you look at some of these. Okay, we're going to name it off. Um... And again, we'll say that most of these, like, it's because of those issues. You look at the ones that didn't rush. You look at the ones that did really well based on other content. We're not talking about The Matrix. We're not talking about Terminator. We're talking about things that came from another source of content. For example, the, um, sorry, I'm blanking right now. Blah, 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 blah. Um, the Hunger Games trilogy the twilight saga like those two franchises in themselves and the maze runner all three of those came out really well they were done really well because the story was already there the story arc was already there the plot was already there the villains were already there everything was already there it was all laid out in a ground plan and so the studios and stuff knew okay we're gonna be patient we're gonna take our time we're gonna go slowly with this we're gonna do it the way it's supposed to be done and there it made sense. Look at the Lord of the Rings. What happened? It's there. The story's there. The characters are there. The plot's there. Boom. Let's just do what it tells us. They had a playbook and they stuck to it. Other ones, when it comes to comics and things like that, they don't. And they go off scale and they mess it up. G.I. Joe is the first one we're going to talk about. We recently watched Snake Eyes. And it was good. Don't get me wrong. It was good. But they ruined the continuity of his backstory to rush in this film that they wanted to get done and they wanted to try and capitalize off G.I. Joe. Guys, in the first G.I. Joe, you went all the way straight to Cobra. You jumped all the way to it. You introduced the big baddie. You had some, some bad casting choices. You had some rushed plot. And 
overall i thought the story was really good i liked it quite a bit but then you waited forever to release the sequel the sequel didn't tie into the first one and now you've ruined the continuity so then all of a sudden everything dropped and then you want to release the snake eyes with tons of marketing and all this stuff and yes it did fine but at the same time it could have done so much better you didn't lay out the groundwork you didn't reveal cobra later on cobra should have been this shadow thing like they did in snake eyes but it should have been this shadow thing from the beginning of oh cobra what's cobra i'm seeing it what is it and then all of a sudden boom it it becomes cobra and now duke and and scarlet and, and all, all these other people are now going after them that should have been what happened that's what happens you know that that's what happens when you build up great franchises like this from people that don't know gi joe and they didn't do it so snake eyes was it was a good film a standalone film but if you put it in the franchise of gi joe it's awful it's awful the continuity uh, there there are issues with continuity it doesn't make sense you wanted to see him get to his vow of silence too quick i think they're going a, a little too slow with his story arc it should have been one and done with the snake eyes so snake eyes one should have been the only snake eyes movie then they should have done another person like duke or scarlet or whoever and built off of that they're going too slow with snake eyes and i i just it sucks because i thought it was a good standalone film if that was the first if that was the first film that that people had tried to make from gi joe and they were adding different character solo films and then building into a bigger gi joe arc that would have been great it would have been a great film except for the fact they didn't get quicker to his the end of his backstory so that it sucks because gi joe is a great franchise and so far people have not done good with it next the current monster verse okay the current monster verse and granted it has done the best out of the, any of the people on this list when it comes to patience okay it's been very patient it has done great jobs with continuity it has checked and balanced everything when it's building it out but the problem that it has think about the first three movies that we have here the first godzilla awesome job you brought in the Mutos, who is a subcategory villain. Great, great introduction there for Godzilla. Then you do King Kong, you do Kong Skull Island, and there's not really a big baddie in that one, and that's fine. It was a good story arc. It was good. It was well played. Good actors, so that was done pretty well. Then you do King of the Monsters. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't remember the exact order. Kong might have come after that. I don't care. King of the Monsters brought forth the big bad the rival to godzilla king Ghidorah, <laughs> and you're doing that in your second film come on guys when are we going to learn when are we going to learn it's the build-up it's the suspense it's the overwhelming overlooming arc of these bad villains <sighs> so you reveal the biggest villain in the the verse in the second movie then you move to Godzilla versus Kong. And what do you do in that one film? You take Godzilla versus Kong, which is probably the second biggest rivalry of, of the Godzilla's like, franchise. And then you put Mecha Godzilla in it too. So you take the third biggest vi villain third biggest baddie 
and put in the same film as the second, you just ruined the chance to have two movies that could have had two longer story arcs added to it and created a bigger, more suspenseful element um, of drama. And, and again, they did a great job. It's an awesome thing, but I don't see where they're going to go from here and make it something that people are going to be like, oh my god, I can't wait to see what happens here. Because they've already taken on some of the biggest baddies in the Monster franchise. So what else can they do that's going to be, oh, yeah, we like I'm worried they're not going to defeat this person. No, they've already beaten King Ghidorah and Mechagodzilla. Like, what, what else are you going to do? So again, it's patience, guys. It's patience. And they did a great job. Like I said, it's a, if it stays a, a four-film franchise the way it is right now, great. It's awesome. It's really good. But they've kind of shortened themselves. They could have made this six or seven films. If they had played their cards right. Okay, next, the DCEU. The DCEU is just garbage. It's trash right now. I'm going to tell you that right now. I will, I will continue to say that. I'm a huge Batman fan. Absolutely huge Batman fan. I love the DC universe. I love Green Lantern, The Flash, Green Arrow. I, I love it. Okay, I really do. They have destroyed it. They have destroyed it. Um, it is a thrown-together, paint-canvas piece of trash art. Um it, it's it's rushed it's confusing um they just need to reboot all of it please please reboot all of it and put everything in the same continuity universe please start out fresh do some new solo films build up plots and villains and story arcs slowly because once they start getting to where they're revealing characters like apocalypse and things like that they're gonna ruin the ability to do it right later on because people have already seen those baddies they've already seen them maybe they don't care to see them in a new rendition you're going to lose viewers later on so i i just wish they would stop doing this short-term view oh let's pump out a bunch of let's let's just you know let's do one film and then do superman batman versus superman like what are you doing that's one of the biggest controversial like story arcs of the dc universe and you're doing it in the like second maybe third film like it doesn't matter that should have been five films in at least you're throwing in new heroes and characters that need big story arcs behind them and they're not there it's just mm. and now there's this whole snyder cut thing and there's this whole like new batman with the robert pattinson crap coming out and it's just like you know what i'm done i'm done i'm a huge fan i love all that stuff i love it and I will watch it at some point. But I just don't care enough to watch it right now. I just don't. Doesn't matter. I'm not even following it that much. Because, you know, it's just not interesting to me. It's it's a thrown together piece of crap on a, on a canvas that could have been painted into a great piece of art. And they did a horrible job. Okay, last one that we'll talk about here is Star Wars, the third trilogy. Okay, this is the third trilogy, the one that Disney took control and did themselves here um, with Kathleen Kennedy at the helm of Lucasfilm. And uh, guys, I mean, we had a whole video on this, but when you look at the bait, and we did a lot more of the in-depth detail things as far as character development, plot development, that type of thing. But when you look at it, they really messed up on basic things that a lot of these other places have have messed up on. In the first film of the franchise, I think it was called The Force Awakens. That's how horrible it is, guys. I don't even care about the titles. Like it's just that's that bad that I don't even care. But 
they rushed in a new villain, Snoke, right? Everybody wanted to see Snoke. I actually enjoyed this fresh new villain, and I wanted to know more about him. I wanted to see more about him. And you want to, people to leave a movie, if you're building a franchise, to think, what happens next? What's going to happen now? Like, I want more. You want people to think that. And I thought that after the first one. But then you killed him. Like, super early on. You killed him off. I wanted to know more about him. I wanted to know more of what was going on with him. And you kill him off the way you kill him off. We still have no confirmed backstory on him. If you look at just the movie franchise, we still have no confirmed, legitimate, like, told to you this is what he was and this is why he was and blah, blah, blah. It's not there. It's gone. The the big baddie that you started this film franchise with, you just rid off and didn't tell anybody anything about him. That's your first huge mistake. Huge. Then what do you do? After that, you're changing directors, you're changing writers, you're changing everything. Kathleen Kennedy, you know, is changing every little thing like she changes underwear. Like you can't change film stories and franchises and and villains and and plots and all that the way that you change underwear. You just can't do it. So it, it's so frustrating to see what happened here because then you put in a new hero that felt very forced to me. And I, I don't mean that as a, for, a pun on the force. I mean like it was forced and it wasn't a good thing. Um, you rush in a new hero that felt forced into the franchise um, and all of a sudden you rush them into really great power. They're really strong. They know all this stuff and blah, blah. Like, I'm sorry, Luke Skywalker was the best Jedi that, that we all know and love. That's the one that everybody loves, especially if you're just looking at the movie franchises. He is the one that everybody wants to see as the most powerful he doesn't we don't want someone to be stronger than him we don't want that we really don't but all of a sudden you've got this girl who right off the bat she's more powerful than luke skywalker was after years years of intense jedi training that completely ruins the character that we all grew to love in luke skywalker it's not even about ray it's not even about this new character it's about the fact that you use this new character to ruin an old character's legacy. That's just pathetic. That's horrible that you had the ability to, to do that. I mean, it's just with great power comes great responsibility. And Disney had great power in getting this franchise under their belt. And they did not handle responsibility well. And they bashed it. They ruined it. So um, that's a, a, the other big thing. They rushed this new hero into great power. Didn't give like didn't let us follow through a tragic story arc and and go through a journey with them. That didn't happen. It didn't happen. It was very much like a scavenger hunt. Like oh, find this, go get that, and then go to this, and then once you get that, we're gonna s switch and and do this. And it's like the scavenger hunt didn't lead up. It didn't make sense. It's like okay, we're gonna go from here to here. Then we're going to stop everything we were doing for this, and then we're going to go here and do this. And then none of it's all really going to make sense. That's what happened. It was a scavenger hunt of just, like, Easter eggs. And there's, like, it's Easter eggs with nothing inside. So once you get to that place, there's nothing there. There's no big substance for you. It sucks. Um, they repeated plots from the the former franchises. That's, that's all they did in the second and third film. All they did was say, oh, let's just take these things that worked really well and let's repeat them. You can't do that. 
You can't do that. Star Wars fans are diehard fans. They know their stuff. They're sitting there watching it, and they're like, oh, you know what? I've seen this before. Hmm, where is that? Oh, this same franchise. They ruined that. Okay, so they repeated the plot. They rushed in a new hero and gave them great power right off the bat. Didn't give us this sense of growing with them. And then they had a brand new baddie that they rushed in, and we still have no backstory on him. It's just bad, guys. It's just bad because there was no patience and there was no looking at the continuity because if you look back at the continuity, what hurts the continuity of this is that everything is so redundantly repeated. That's the big problem with it. Everything is just repeated over and over so much that it hurts the continuity. It doesn't break it. The continuity is not broken, but they hurt it a lot. Because it's all the same thing over and over and over. So anyway, that's it. That's it for today's um, discussion. You know, what did you guys think? You know, give us any comments if you, um, you know, if there's any thoughts or anything you had from these. But essentially, these are the big uh, things that we see that are messing up film franchises. Uh, patience and continuity. Focus on those two things. Focus on it. Take your time with it, and you will do good making these franchises. But we hope these studios and film uh, franchises can start to gain more patience, can start to work more on better continuity as they go forward, and that will make a lot more successful films like the MCU. And we want to see more things rival the MCU because the MCU is great, but let's share that, and let's get some more great pieces of content from other franchises out there, right? All right, cool. So that's it for me. Um, me and Aurora will be uh, hopping off here. But again, uh, we wanted to remind you, um, first off, Aurora is the three-year-old dachshund on the cover of the podcast. Um, and then we are official travel agents specializing in Disney, Universal, World Caribbean, Carnival Cruise Line, um, Sandals Resorts, SeaWorld. So reach out to us. Um, you know, even if you're taking a trip you know, across the country or wherever, um, you know, we can book hotels for you, anything like that. So feel free to reach out to us. Uh, we're completely free service. Um, you know, all these places, Universal SeaWorld, Sandals Resort, Disney, they all put um, travel agent commissions in their charges. So it's already factored in the price. So if you don't use a travel agent, you're still paying the same price. Uh, so we're free service. Reach out to us. We'd love to help you book your next set of magical memories. Um, but yeah, we'll talk to you guys again next week. Thank you so much. Appreciate it and have a great day.